I'm Barry Worthington. And I'm Pete Rees. This is the Progress with Unity podcast. Another defeat, this time on the road. QPR 2, Latics 1. I think before the game, we was a little bit worried, shall we say, of, of going to a team in form, going to a ground where we've only won once and lost our last five visits. So it wasn't entirely unexpected. But on the day, I think we might have deserved something from the game. Liam Richards said the same as well, that we were probably deserving of a point. I would have to agree with that. On the Barnes of play, especially in the second half, we, really, we took the game to them. Didn't create a huge number of chances, unfortunately. Given the nature of the goals that were conceded, you would hoped and perhaps even expected that we could have nicked something towards the end. It was a shame that we didn't, but I think judging by people's reactions and so on, I think virtually everybody was pleased with the performance. Pleased to see us go to a, a back three. I think Kerr hasn't deserved to be left out of the team, if I'm being honest. Uh, you know, his performances have been good. I know he's not the quickest player, but I think with the three centre-backs, you, you can cover for, for the slower players. It was good to see Shane get a start as well. And I like the attack of Kino and Broadhead as well. It's quite mobile, that. But also, I think with... With Shinny coming in, it allowed James McLean to have to be able to get forward a little bit more than, than what he has been doing of late. I, I I didn't know what to make of the the team to begin with because I thought, on the one hand, it's interesting that there's no. I mean, I guess Charlie White was injured, uh, McGinnis was on the bench, and so was Fletcher. So there was no obvious target man. I thought, well, that could be a good thing. It get us to play more football. On the other hand, there seemed to be a lot of at least half defensive-minded players in the team. And I thought, well, are we, are we going there just to shut up shop? Well, I was certainly proved wrong by that. Certainly worked that Cousins and Shinny were able to combine in the middle of the park. I think that was the area particularly where we stood out. I think most of us have probably expected that at some point, those two, with all the championship experience... Uh, compared to Tom Naylor and Max Power, that they would be the ones that Liam would tend towards. And that's the way it's seemed on on yesterday's evidence. And I think we've seen before, especially towards the end of the last season, when Jordan Cousins was was suddenly available after a while out, that he went straight into the team. He, he really does seem to be Liam's go-to midfielder. And, and you can see why, can't you? And I think he's perhaps only going to get better when he's got a few more games under his belt. Because he went he went off, didn't he, towards the end. He's had two matches in a week after a long period out. It's no wonder he was tired. Hopefully he's not injured. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm saying that laughing because he's got this abysmal injury record with QPR, with Stoke City and obviously with us. But he is a player that I, I admire. He's a really good player. For, for me yesterday, he was our linchpin in midfield. But it's also give Max Power a little bit of freedom to, to get forward a bit more and, and try and get some deliveries in. And I thought Power had a good game yesterday as well. But my big big surprise in the uh, in the selection wasn't our team, was to see Leon Balligan at centre-back for QPR. I didn't realise that he played the... I thought, Balligan, no, it can't be, can it? And, and <laughs> yeah, Rangers released him. So he, they signed him as, a, as an unattached player. I mean, what a signing he is. I, d- I did notice that they'd signed him, but it hadn't um, struck me that we were going to be playing against him kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, I thought that period where he was with us in the uh, administration was a season, or the season we went into administration, he stood out, didn't he? he? He that The second half of that season, I think he was instrumental in 
shoring up at the back, enabling Kipre to go to right back, I think. Uh, and the two of them uh, at centre-half made a huge difference and enabled us to, you know, get, gave us a platform to, to build on to, to going forward. He made mistakes. I remember him making individual mistakes, but his overall play was, was class at championship level. I think QPR have got a terrific player there. He made some timely interventions yesterday as well against us. There was one particular one in late in the second half when he knocked it behind for a corner with Broadhead lurking. Let's talk about the goals. So we kicked off. QPR came out like a, a team at the top of the table wanted to make an impression. Glad that the manager turned down the chance to move to the Premier League and, and commit himself to them and got about us. And he got that corner. Elias Cher took a rasping shot from about 25 yards. Amos parried it behind for a corner. From an attacking side, I'd say that first goal scored by Field on 12 minutes was was a good goal to score. I think it like a training ground routine. But from a defensive side, it was an awful one to concede. But one thing I did notice as they were taking the corner, our entire defence seemed to shift to the near post leaving the, the, the pace in the middle of the six-yard box completely free. And it, so, Pete, my question to you, was it an excellent goal or was it a bit of a shambles from us defensively? It just seemed to me it wouldn't have been a goal we'd have conceded at the beginning of the season. I think we've been very, very solid on set pieces, especially corners. And to concede two of them in one match, I think is very surprising. And I think both goals, but that one especially, there just wasn't enough pressure on the players attacking in the box. And personally, I didn't think it was an exceptional goal. But I, I, and I have to see it from all points of view, really, that Jordan Cousins should have been putting him under more pressure. It probably also should have been the case, which tallies with your assessment that they'd all moved to the near post. The, the shape wasn't as good. We weren't, all players didn't seem to be in the correct position, shall we say. Because the chances are, I think, earlier in the season, somebody would have perhaps been able to block that shot rather than the shot being allowed to go through. Defend as a team, as attack as a team, maybe it's not about individual mistakes. I'd have been made up if that had been Will Keane at the other end. Ten minutes later, we're back in the game. Cheap free kick given away. It was a free kick, but it was a cheap one given away in the middle of the park. Jordan Cousins knocked the ball into the box. Jack Watmore edited it across. Max Power got a flick up to Will Keane, who did a, a sublime little knockdown to Nathan Brodhead. And he just smashed it in the back of the net from about 18 yards. I, I thought the, the, the finish was good. To, to find the bottom corner from uh, that position was, was really, really well done by Broadhead. And that, yeah, there was a bit of head tennis before that, wasn't there? But they were headers with 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 a purpose, weren't they? I think people knew where they were going, especially Will Keane, as you said. But it was part of a, a sustained period of pressure from us. We'd begun to take a little bit more control of the game. We'd started to we'd push the ball from our defensive third into their attack into our attacking third very, very quickly. And we'd got them on the back foot. We were playing some really nice football. Uh, and I think we got or just desserts at that point with that with that goal. We were back in the game for all of one one and a half minutes. They mm. kicked off straight down down at the other end. Not the ball into the centre. It was knocked out for a corner. Johansson takes the corner from the other side this time. Bangs it into the middle of the box. And who's there to put it in the back of the net? Leon Balligan. It's had to be an inset two one. I mean that that's criminal from my point of view. I thought the header was good, but again 
fills that space in the middle of the six-yard box. Again, if you're looking individually, I think Jack Watmore should have put Balogun under more pressure. He seemed to, when that ball was coming over, he seemed to react a split second too late. There again, seemed to be a little bit too much space in that area, especially as you said, the six-yard box. I mean, we should have been better set up there. I think that somebody should have been able to get there, even if it's not so, even if it's not Jack Watmore. I think very, very disappointing. Jack Watmore's a cracking player, but he's, he's, from the point of view of individual mistakes, he's perhaps not had the greatest week of his career. But I, I think he'll, uh, I think he'll bounce back from it. He's, he's, he's too good to let things like that affect him. And then I thought we'd equalised back up the other end. We responded. James McLean put knocked a, a great ball into the centre. Nathan Broadhead controlled it, swivelled, bang, back of the net, two apiece. Line off, had his flag up for offside. Now I looked and I thought, no, Broadhead's not offside. I looked again. I watched the replay, thought, is it Keno? Has he flagged for the wrong man? Before I, I, I get my evidence out, <laughs> what did you think at the time, Pete? Did you think he was on or off? I think the, the position of the camera and so on, I thought it was one of those where I thought, I really can't tell. Didn't seem to be much dispute from the players, if I remember correctly, as though they perhaps knew that somebody was in an offside position. I, I really can't say. I've watched the uh, the highlights this morning and I've, I've screenshotted the moment just after just after it left James McLean's foot, and it appears Nathan Broadhead's coming back from an offside offside position. There is a QPR defender over on the left hand side, but he's he's sprinting back. So on Broadhead's coming the other way. So on reflection, I think it was it was a fur a fur flag, and he was offside. But I tell you what, though, Pete, I say Broadhead's not very good defensively. But I mean, he's a striker. Will Will Grigg wasn't good defensively for me. No, he's he's finding his form. He needs to be starting every week. He hits the target when he shoots more often than not, and he's scoring those important goals as well. Yeah, def- definitely a starter for me. I'll tell you something, Barry. I think something that we've not seen in a player for quite some time with Nathan Broadhead, he can create chances for himself. If that ball comes to him in the penalty area with nothing apparently on his feet are quick enough that he can send players the wrong way, he's got an initial burst of speed, which can take him into space to to you know to create that space to to get a shot away. That is absolutely worth its weight in gold. The, the I think the only player we've had recently that was similar, say, but when unfortunately we never saw that much of him in the end was was Joe Gelhart. And I think Nathan Broadhead is he's going to be very very important for us. I think as the season goes on. I'm really pleased to say that we've been joined by Ben from the W12 podcast. How are we doing, lads? Oh, we're doing very well, thank you. Uh, Hi, Ben. I was hoping Ben's title of the podcast was going to be the result yesterday, 1-2, but unfortunately, <laughs> it was reversed. We've just gone through the goals, Ben, and your two goals, both coming from corners, both getting latched on in a six-yard box. From an offensive point of view, you must have been delighted with those. Yes, I mean, we scored the most goals in the Championship from corners, so it was no surprise, really, but... Um, We've got four excellent centre-backs who are contributing. I don't know if you know, but we've got the most, also the most goals scored by the most players in the league as well. So the goals are getting spread around and the defenders mm-hmm. are really digging in, are really digging in and, and, and bringing, the, uh, bringing the goals in as well. So, yeah, I mean, it was good to see Leon Balogun get a goal. He's been excellent since, since coming in. And Sam Field as well, getting the first goal. Um, yeah, I mean, we've brought in a new um, set-piece coach as well. Um, Michael Beale has, and it seems to be working because, like I said, we... We're now a real threat on corners, which we've never been before. Both deliveries were, were spot on, weren't they? Straight on Balogun's head, like you said, and the other one was was on Fields' foot. And Pete mentioned about 
the disappointment from our point of view that we didn't defend them adequately. But I was taking the other side of the coin where I thought they were well executed. Can I ask what you made of us? Because I'll be honest with you, the last couple of games, we've been awful. We needed a a massive reaction from Wednesday night when when we got turned over at home. A lot of the supporters' comments on Twitter, etc., seem to have been pleased with our reaction. That might be rose-tinted glasses, so that's that's why it's always good to ask an opposition supporter what he thought. No, I thought you were really good. Um, One of the better teams that we've had at Loftus Road this season. And what, what I mean by that is you didn't just sit back. The majority of the teams that have been to Loftus Road so far this season, we haven't played any of the real big teams yet, but the majority of the teams have just sat back and let us play. And I think that's the first time we've, we've actually lost possession at home, stats-wise, at the end of the game, which is great credit to you guys, because we are actually a passing team and we do like to keep the ball. So we we weren't, we weren't we didn't do that and we weren't able to do that. I was surprised, really. I, I it, the game was a bit strange, actually, because I thought the first half, we were first half, but you guys, I thought, had it, were from an attacking threat-wise, was, was always there. But the second half, you had a lot more of the ball and we didn't do anything, really, for the, not too much as an attacking threat. But I always thought that we were OK at the back until sort of that 90th minute chance. There wasn't too many, too much. So, But no, I, I was really impressed with you guys I know you've got a really good away record as well haven't you so you know even though you've not been in great form I think we were all a bit sceptical that you anyway and there was no guarantee in the result and obviously that chance at the end and was it McGuinness just hit the bar I mean you know in another day that goes in and you get a draw uh, you said you said you were sceptical about us coming we've won once there and um, the last six visits now we've, we've lost each one so you can appreciate from our point of view I'll bring peace in here because Ben's talking about we added the attacking threat we've changed our formation range today didn't we rather than playing either Wyke or, or McGuinness up front we went with Keenan Broadhead which sort of invited us to play on the floor a lot more we did and it, it was very pleasing to see wasn't it I think we still mixed it up didn't we with uh, tactics I think we still we try to play through the middle and but we're also prepared to to try the longer ball over the defense which worked to um to, to push the, the QPR defense back sometimes and occasionally there was still the, the the ball onto in this case Will Keane's head which obviously didn't didn't work as as, um, as well it might have done if Wycom McGuinness had been playing but there was much more passing much more retention of the ball which I think was important I think Shinny for example is and cousins are both very good at that at shielding the ball protecting it and and then find somebody with an accurate pass and I think there's something we note just been missing over the last few games is just the technical ability to pass the ball accurately and to to keep hold of it when necessary. We've been giving the ball away so much. No, you won't be surprised to hear this, but since we signed Jordan Cousins, he's had two lengthy spells out injured. So he's probably played about 15 games with us. And Wednesday was his first game of the season. Saturday was his second. So we've missed him. He, uh, for me, he's a quality player. What did you make of his performance, being, especially being a, a former QPR player? Jordan Cousins was always one that he'd put in a good performance, for us anyway, he'd put in a good performance every now and again. You'd get one out of him, a really good one. And you'd think he'd kick on and you'd get it out. Because there's something in there, isn't there? But but like you said, his injuries always hampered his spell um, and he could never nail down a place. He was always a bit part player. I thought he did OK in there. I did OK. I think it helped when um, we, we lost Stephanie Hansen at halftime. Um, he went off mm. injured and that changed the balance of the game a little bit. We lost control a yeah. bit because he, he's an excellent passer of the ball and he's clever and he's experienced and he knows what he's doing and him going off kind of killed us a little bit. But yeah, Jordan Cullors did OK. You've got Will Keane as well. The funny thing is, you never... 
in every game now, it feels like there's an ex-player playing against us. I don't know if you get that quite a lot, but I'm literally every, and I'm, every week I'm going, oh, I bet he'll score. But that seems to be happening a lot more <laughs> at the moment. Um, I, bet, I saw Will Keane didn't do it for us at all, but he's, he's doing all right for you guys. Yeah, he's doing well. And, and talk, the ex-player obviously scored the winning goal for you, Leon Balligan. <laughs> Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so so we know where you're coming from there. The the referee, I mean, I'd just like to mention the ref because we slate him off every week. There were 16 fouls awarded during the game, and he dished uh, dished out three yellows, one foot for, for you. It was towards the end, weren't it? A bit of time wasting, yeah. and we had Shinny and Tilt uh, book for us. Again, I thought I thought he was all right. You know, he's one of those refs that you, you didn't really notice, and I think that's a good sign with the referee. Yes, I agree. Referees of this of this league, I mean, ugh, they're just so poor. I saw a, uh, uh, an error in today's game. I don't know if you've seen it with the handball at Cardiff. It was absolutely shocking. Um, and I was a bit sceptical about your goal because you scored that goal as well. And I, I, this morning I was watching the game back. And at the time I was I was thinking, was that offside? But I couldn't, obviously there was no replays. But it actually was slightly offside. I did, but I had to proper put stop and and check. So no, yeah, I thought he had another good game. Like you say, if you don't notice them these days, you kind of think they've had a good game, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you'll agree that the quality of referees in this league is is pretty poor, isn't it? You can't, you know, you get the the relegated refs from the Prem who have made a bad decision the week before. I don't know, something like that. That doesn't always feel right, but um, yeah. But no, he had a good game. And it looks like you've got yourselves a really, really good manager there. And I'm, I'm pleased to see that you've kept yeah. hold of him. Some yeah, like very good players. Yeah, we've got a nucleus of a really good squad there. We're a, we're a striker light, I think. If, when it when it comes down to it, I think in January, we really, if Dykes gets injured or... Because Willick, Willick didn't play yesterday either. He's our best player. So we missed our best player and for the last few weeks. And we've managed to do okay. But if we get another injury or two, we could be in a bit of trouble up top. But um, yeah, Bill, as you say, brilliant. He went a bit unnoticed, come in unnoticed, didn't he? Not many people know much about him and I couldn't believe when he was linked to Wolves I thought 14 games in charge is no sort of CV for a Prem job is it really um, regardless of how highly you thought of as a coach but he really is he, he feels like the real deal at the moment so let's hope we can sustain it and um, yeah we can be in the round of top six come the end of the season Well thank you to Ben from W12 Podcast uh, for his input there the stats for the game 54% possession for the Latics QPR had nine shots with four on target. We had 11 with two on target. Corners, uh, five to four in QPR favour. Fouls, QPR committed 10. We committed six. Two yellows, shinny and tilt, and just the one for QPR. The attendance was 16,353. Man of the match, as voted for by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter, is not surprising, really. Latics midfield man. Graham Shinney. So congratulations to Graham Shinney. I think that's about his 27th Man of the Match award, having only played six <laughs> games for the Latics. So deserved, Pete, do you think? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought Broadhead was was fantastic in the first half. He perhaps shaded Shinney in that first half, but uh, I wasn't... There was some criticism of, of Liam for the substitutions in the second half, but I didn't think Broadhead faded. Uh, certainly his influence did. Perhaps uh, the QPR defence got a better handle on him, I don't know. But Shinny was Shinny was fantastic throughout. Jordan Cousins was very good as well, no no question, but Shinny was the standout for me. Yeah. Coming back to the stats, uh, Barry, in terms of shots and shots on targets and so on, as, as happy as everybody seemed to be with the, the improved performance and so on, I think this is a, perhaps an issue going back to last season because although we uh, we did we obviously did fantastically well last year, but to me it was always a 
an area for improvement in the team was the, uh, uh, about the creativity, about the number of chances that we created. And that seems to have carried over to this season. So although we've put in a good shift there, possession-wise, territory point of view, we're still not creating enough. And I think that showed yesterday in the amount of uh, the number of times we worked the, the goalkeeper. We didn't do that enough. And I think, again, that's still something we've got to do moving forward. Yeah, I, I think that that's where Broadhill will come in as, as he gets more game time with us. I think in, in the box, he's, he's the fox in the box, isn't he? Sharp, sharp as a razor, like you said before, mm-hmm. about he creates chances for himself as well as being on the end of others. So maybe with this run now, what we're going to look at, actually, this run coming up, lot of game time, you know, he, he can make a statement. Talking of that, our current form is last six games, lost, lost, won, Lost, lost, lost. So not the best. Three points from a possible 18. And the fixtures coming up. We've got Watford on Saturday, Stoke on the following Wednesday. Both of those games are at the DW. And then we're away at Swansea on Bonfire Day, the 5th of November. Saturday, followed by a trip to Coventry on the Tuesday. And then we finish off this part of the season. Blackpool at home on the 12th of November. Then we're breaking for the World Cup. Five games there, Pete. 15 points at stake. I'd like to think we'd pick a few points up over the coming few games. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, I, I did think on paper we'd got a tough run of games coming up, and I think that's the way it's proved. We've not helped ourselves, obviously, the way that we've played. The fly in the ointment, I think, is that three of those games are at home, which normally teams would, would look forward to to, <laughs> to be playing, but... Yeah, the the way things are at the moment, we seem to save our best performances away from home. But there are at least two games there, I think, that we could genuinely look at winning. And I think with the others, um, I think that's distinctly possible as well, that we could get something from them. Eight points from those five games, um, and I think we're back on track, my personal opinion. Two wins, two draws, and a defeat, perhaps. Uh, Eight points would be a great return. uh, I mean, it was a tough trip. Tough trip to Swansea. Unfortunately, we've got a tough trip to Coventry now, who will be always in, in the league, because as they've started playing games, they've started to pick up form. I don't think they've conceded yeah. in the last three matches, which they've, they've won a lot of, and they're three points behind us with three games in hand. So, yeah. so it's, it's going to be a bit tough for Coventry because they're going to be playing twice a week, every week, mm. until they get that backlog cleared. But I think that's, that's, that's going to be a tough trip. No, where I think if we'd have played it earlier in the season, I'd have fancied us to have gone there and won. As of a guess at Stoke and Blackpool, as as the games that would pick maximum up, is that what you said? Is that what you're looking at, Pete? Uh, Well, not necessarily. I I think, I don't know. I've seen Coventry's form. I don't know actually how well they're playing. So I would still hope, given that it's uh, away from home, that we, we could we could do a job there with the last two of those five country away Blackpool at home that I'd be thinking that we we can get something. Stoke, I think, is is possible as well. Yeah. But any combination of the results is is all right as long as we're putting some points on the board, isn't it? Yeah, that's the main thing. We don't want to get dragged into that bottom three. Yeah, Stoke are level on points with us. Blackpool are level on points with us. So, so massive games, those that are coming up. Obviously, I've just mentioned Coventry are three points behind us. Massive games coming up. So uh, some th- things to, to be excited about before we have that enforced break, which is going to 
possibly kill any momentum that we have. Just before we finish today, I listened to Liam Richardson's interview. He, w- he was pleased that we'd put in a, a better performance than we had on mm. Wednesday. He was looking forward to the runner games coming up. But with a little bit of trepidation due to the injury concerns that we've got at the moment, mm. uh, Charlie White, and uh, he's he's out now. I don't know what's the matter with him, but he's out. And he also mentioned Ryan Niambi as well. He's come clean about that. He's got an injury and, and Lang. So there's th- three big players there for us missing for the coming weeks. We've got players in the squad that we haven't seen a lot of yet. Scully obviously springs to mind. The enigma of Tom Pierce is is another one. Ashley Fletcher's not been used very much. So I'm I'm not too concerned about four players being injured. Uh, Guyan Edwards uh, again. We've not seen anything of him so far this season. We've got a squad there for a reason. I, I think I'm more concerned about who those players are. I think Jack Watmore would be a huge miss. Of the others, I think you know we've got we've got some strength and depth there too to cover them, my, my personal opinion. Thinking about the use of substitutes and so on within games, Liam's been getting a lot of criticism for late substitutions. Yesterday he got criticism for the wrong substitutions when he brought Fletcher and McGuinness on. I did think that was at the time, I thought, well, I wonder how that's going to work. And we didn't look quite the same after that, although we did get that choice, that chance for McGuinness. I think this is the thing with substitutes. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think that was one that, in terms of our overall play, necessarily worked. I don't think he's something that I get too hot under the collar about, about when he's making the substitutions and who he's bringing on. My personal opinion, others yeah. are available. Yeah, I think with 10 minutes to go and you're 2-1 behind, you, you need to go a little bit direct. So yeah, exactly. I understand. Stand that, yeah. and, and it nearly paid off. I mean, yeah. it's just because he's certainly got to try something else with with whoever is available. As I said before, I think that Nathan Broadhead had gone a little bit cold. So if he comes off, then who who, who have you got to bring on? I don't. I certainly don't agree that he should, that he should have been left on because it, his effectiveness had had uh, disappeared by then. Yeah, you need to freshen it up, and and I think we changed it around and, and just went direct. And and mm. you need to do that when you when you're chasing the game. We'll be back on Wednesday with a preview of the Watford game. Until then, it's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Up the ticks. Up the ticks. Come on. <laughs>